guys, welcome to Rankin' Vile, the podcast where we attempt to rank every single horror movie ever. Uh, this is Ryan. And this is Quincy. And on this week's episode, no guest. It's just just two guys being dudes. Two dudes being guys. Uh, fun story, we have been on the call for 20 minutes now. <laughs> <laughs> let me tell you what we've been doing on the call for the last 20 minutes. Uh, actually, don't don't let me tell you. Quincy, do you want to describe to me the fucking horrifying phenomenon you've now visited upon me? Oh, so Ryan hasn't heard about Reborn Dolls, so um, I'm introducing Ryan to the wonderful world of Reborn and Reborn horror dolls and what pray tell is a reborn doll a reborn doll is usually a synthetic uh usually um silicone doll that looks like a newborn baby disturbingly like a newborn baby like uncomfortably like a newborn baby and like they don't have bones so it's very much like an actual newborn baby um so emily my wife has introduced me to these because uh, she had she fell down this hole and kind of drug me along for the ride, and now I'm just grasping at the edge of this widening gyre, just pulling anyone in with me. <laughs> you will drag us all but down to hell with you. I think my favorite part are the they're the same collectors I assume that collect the Living Dead dolls. How mm-hmm. uh, you know Living Dead dolls kind of. Once you have a lot of them, there's nothing else to collect, so you start getting, like, living dead reborn dolls. So they're, like, life-size demon babies. It's... And, and, and what's incredible about it also is that these things... I, I was looking at a bunch of pictures of, of the reborn dolls, and immediately the question that springs to mind is, why? Like, what is the function of this? And... Near as I can figure, both of us went, it's a weird sex thing, isn't it? That's what this is. And this is where I want to, like, not really get too into it. Because I think there is, as someone on the outside looking in, like, I don't don't want to, like, try to figure it out. I think it's some kind of, like, closely guarded community secret. But uh, I think the best way to handle it is to back away slowly and just... Yeah, I just hope it's some Rosemary Daisy shit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, if honestly, if it were some weird possession shit and they were trying to, like, imbue this doll with the soul of a real baby, that I could get down on. I would be interested in that. Okay. All right. You know, you know. Especially, look, a lot of them are already made to look like demon babies. You, It's right there, you know, minimal work needed. You just transfer the soul of, a, of, a, of an infant into your doll. Yeah. I mean, there's plenty of infant souls laying around. <laughs> there's got to be a better way, Ryan. <laughs> Tired Picture of having some, an inanimate uh, baby doll. Worked housewife <laughs> juggling, <laughs> opening a cabinet, and baby souls tumbling out. And she just looks at the camera and goes, <sighs> <sighs> and like breaks a window accidentally. Yeah, some guy with a popcorn bowl full of baby souls spills it during the big game all over the couch. <laughs> So it's, we've all we've all been there. Stick to our bailiwick and talk about horror movies. Oh, absolutely. But I mean, in fairness, this is horror adjacent. I would I would put forward. Yeah, but even some things like <laughs> even I can't. So one more yeah. thing is, I want to thank any and all of the fine people working in 
horror film public relations. You all are the true MVPs of this industry. Mm-hmm. And you've been dealing with my shenanigans all week of me saying, hey, I know you sent me that screener a month ago, but I just now got around to watching it and the link you sent me died because you took the video down. <laughs> Can you put it back up for me? <laughs> so thank you all. You're terribly kind and understanding individuals. <laughs> yeah, I, and, and especially, and I, I feel like they've been really understanding because, again, there are too many horror movies. And, there are and so many. It's a movies. joke. Like, there's no physical way we can watch every horror movie ever made. We can try, but it's not going to happen. But all of a sudden, the the grim reality of the task we've assigned ourselves is kind of <laughs> becoming clear. <laughs> and now it's a Sisyphean fucking death embrace. We're just locked in hell, watching as many uh, horror movies as possible. Which which is also funny because, um, my buddy Josh Copeland, we were talking about like. We were arguing about whether Alien is a sci-fi movie or a horror movie, and then had the same argument about Fly, and we we realized partway through that like with 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 watching a lot of horror movies, I think that at a certain point you just decide that everything is a horror movie. Yeah, like you're watching Mrs. Doubtfire and and muttering darkly about how fucked up this movie is. It's a horror movie. Everything's a horror movie. So, uh, little inside um, news, Emily and I were doing some research on an episode she's going to guest on later. Uh, we won't tell you what the theme is yet, but the we were searching... Uh, a great thing to do on Google is type blank subject horror movie and see what <laughs> pops up. You know, um, dentist horror movies or... There's a movie called The Dentist. Yeah. And um, The Dentist 2, I think, is the one that fucked my shit up in the video store as a kid. Oh, probably. Uh, that's the one with the pointy teeth, I think. Oh, yeah, you know with the big fucked about? up grill. Yeah. Yeah, it's like a woman whose teeth have been pulled out and, like, knives have been stuck in its place. Yep, that's the one. Yeah, yeah. So, anyway. Um, Which, by the way, side note, The Dentist, the first one, is rated R for dental torture. <laughs> I, I remembered this from being a kid and being like, hey mom, can I rent? And then she just sort of, no, you cannot rent that. Put that back immediately. Why not dental torture? R- rated R for dental torture, buddy. Sorry, I don't make the rules. Also, <laughs> the dentist too, brace yourself, 0% on Rotten Tomatoes. Excellent. Wait, wait, brace it's yourself, called by the, way. the dentist too, brace yourself? Yes. I don't think we're out here appreciating the titles <laughs> of sequels as much as we should. Um... Oh, and it was Brian Usna as well. Yeah. Oh, Brian Usna is really good. He's a fucking. He's a psychological terrorist. He's fucking chaotic evil. I love Brian Usna. (laughs) So anyway, um, we digress too much. Let's talk about Lost Encounter. Did you have a chance to watch this one? I did have a chance to watch Lost Encounter. So it. uh, So this is a screener provided by the director. It's a short film, and it's fine. (laughs) Yeah, it's good. I think um, the best part about this is the sound editing, and oh, I know sure. that sounds really dorky, but like it's got the best sound of a movie I've seen in a long time. Yeah, actually, the, the that, that was one of my notes was like, I, yeah, the best part of this movie is the sound design. I think the second best part is the actor guy who plays the the Slender Man guy, basically. Yeah, yeah. He's it, so wait. Uh, we should give a brief uh, synopsis of Lost Encounter. Um, these, this couple is 
fucking with aliens, like aliens keep invading their apartment and messing with them, and then the men in black show up and, like, erase the memory from their mind. Yeah, so it's like a horror version of the Neuralizer gag for Men in Black. Yeah. That's, yeah. And that, like, which also, it's kind of cool, it's a really cool concept. I'd love them to do, I'd love him to do a full-length kind of meditating on that, because there's Mm -hmm. a lot of times when I have a sense of deja vu, and to kind of play with that, of like, I swear something is off in our domestic drama, like, that would be really cool. Oh, yeah. Those are those are some some of my favorite domestic dramas. Is like there's something just slightly off that you start digging into and figuring out as the thing progresses. Yeah. So it's only six minutes. I think we can go ahead and start putting it on the list. Oh yeah, it's fun sized. Um, is it better than Crimson Peak? I would say that it is not better than Crimson Peak. Yeah. Uh, okay. Is it better than the Zodiac Killer? <laughs> Um, you know, it doesn't have a Zodiac Killer sweatshirt, but right. I don't know if that's a pro or a con. You know, actually, I would say it is probably better than the Zodiac Killer because it is short as fuck. It is a, it is a, a, a clean six minutes in and out, fucking aliens. There's a couple in an apartment, and then that's it. I tell you what, the growing pains of this show. If I see a movie that's two hours, I'm just like, I can't <laughs> do it anymore. Certainly not. No, um, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so at number 86 now is going to be Lost Encounter. Yeah. Let's, let's keep going. So let's... Um, another screener that we got is Happy Hunting. Uh, the director was cool enough to send us this little uh, independent film. And it's also really good. Man, I dig the fuck out of Happy Hunting. The uh, So the premise of Happy Hunting is that it's kind of like some purge shit a little bit, where there's this town out in the desert, and they decide that on one night, they round up all the the, the roustabouts, wasters, and bounders, and just hunt them across the desert. And it, like, for sport. Like, and and it's supposed to go back to this tradition thing of, like, we've always rounded up the 'er ne'er-do-wells and and shot them in the desert. And... So there's this guy who's sort of uh, a drifter, he's blowing through town, this couple seems to take pity on him and take him in, and then he wakes up and he's getting hunted through the desert. Um, oh, and he's trying to kick his uh, alcoholism, so he's got tr- he's got the tremors. Yeah, he's got the, the DTs, movie. yeah. And then, like, the main guy hunting him also is a former alcoholic, or a recovering alcoholic, excuse me, and it's... Well, okay, Quincy, let's jump into this. How did you... What were what, what were some of your takeaways from Happy Hunting? I liked it. I um, I really liked the beginning. I thought it was strong. It's basically the lottery. Oh, yeah. With um, kind of like the lottery meets death race. It. I really <laughs> liked the beginning. Uh, once they got into the actual hunting part and that guy with the sniper rifle is really great. Oh, yeah. Um, now, I am... There was a point where I thought that the characterization and the whole, um, oh, he's got the tremors, he can't do it, he's going to drink, you know, he's going to make ethanol out of this coffee pot, in a coffee pot, that kind of thing, is a little, all right, I get it. But it's it's a it makes for an interesting tension throughout the entire movie that he's got this uh, disability, this like this um, character flaw. Yeah. Um, 
Now, I felt like the third act just kind of falls apart. Yeah, and I feel like <clears throat> that's kind of our um, almost stock criticism of any movie is third act needs work. But, yeah, yeah I think you're and totally right. To be fair, this movie is uh, hit, is getting a theatrical release on the 22nd of September, which is coming up. Uh, so I think it's definitely worth, if you can find a theater showing this, go see it, because it's worth your time and money. Um, oh, yeah. It's also, uh, it uh, was at uh, Fright Fest in Glasgow before uh, this year. Um, but yeah, I think it's worth watching. It's just the ending. I don't want to spoil the ending, but I felt like it wasn't earned. Yeah. I felt like it, the ending to me reads like a freshman creative writing seminar. <laughs> I, and, and this is the thing, as I mentioned, like I, uh, and we were DMing about it and I was like, I, I kind of love the ending and you're like, why? And I'm like, because it's garbage. That's why. Because yeah. it's yeah. it's uh, the ending. It it's sort of I, I it got a laugh out of me, so that's probably why I was kind of like ah eh, all right. Mostly because yeah, I was kind of like oh for fuck's sake. Like this, the whole movie's got this gravitas, and then that ending is like yeah, that's not supposed to be funny. That's exactly what it is. Like I, it was the narmiest thing I I think I've ever seen. Which wait, you're familiar with narm, yeah? No. Uh, it's a, it's from TV tropes. Um, the word "narm" is taken from the Six Feet Under finale, where uh, Duder has a stroke and tries saying "numb arm," <laughs> but his speech slurs, so he's just like "narm." And it was supposed to be a huge moment, but everybody just started laughing at it, and it wasn't meant to be funny. So, like na- uh, a narmy moment is a moment that's meant to be, you know, full of gravity and and pathos, and then it's just funny, and you can't come back from that. So it's bathos. It's supposed to be pathos, but it falls flat because it's so maudlin that it's actually funny. Bathos sounds way better than Narm. Let's go with bathos. Yeah, bathos is uh, literary criticism. I had to learn that for my comprehensive exams when I was getting my master's degree. Oh, there we go. Yeah, so thanks, college (laughs) tuition. (laughs) Thanks, student debt. (laughs) Waka waka. Oh, my God. But, yeah, like, also with happy hunting, I think it's that... um, I mean, like, the, the hunting humans trope is a well-trod one. Um, and I like that this one kind of did... It did some really cool stuff where, like, it is, like, gory as... Or not not even gory as fuck, because there's yes, not, like, yes. pe- people's innards spilling out like jello. But, like, there are some moments where it's just legitimately teeth-grittingly, sphincter-clenchingly uncomfortable to watch. Um and I, I think it works sometimes, and other times it doesn't. There's a moment in this with a with a ham radio that is really good. Um, yeah, yeah. I don't want to even spoil what happens with no, that. Yeah. But it was a moment where I was like, oh, shit. Oh, shit. It's like a big, like, it's a big pop um, to yeah. use our wrestling parlance. Yeah, I popped here. So other human hunting movies on our list. Number 74 is Murder Party. Is Happy Hunting better than Murder Party? Uh, well, let's go with the Ebert test of what is it trying to do and how well does it accomplish that. I think Murdy, Murdy, Murdy Party, excuse me, Murder Party. <laughs> Murdy Party. <laughs> we're, we're having a Murdy Party. Uh, I would say that Murder Party accomplishes its goal a little bit better than Happy Hunting. I, I would say yeah, but not by much. Not by a whole lot. It's, but yeah, by a, by a toenail. 
Yeah. So right under it is he took his skin off for me. And I have trouble saying that Happy Hunting is better than that movie because that movie is just so <clears throat> clever. Yeah. I mean, I really, really love He Took His Skin Off For Me, but you know what it is, though? Happy Hunting, I don't know. I feel like they hit me on different levels. He Took His Skin Off For Me hits me right in my smugness, where I'm like, haha, I see what they're doing here. And Happy Hunting is just a more straightforward, like you said, Corman-esque, we're out in the desert hunting people. Um, it's probably better than He Took His Skin Off For Me. Okay, so I am comfortable putting it at number 75. Yeah. Happy hunting. Hachacha. Now we're talking about, we're, we're banging through those screeners that people have been so kindly giving us. Our next screener is The Transfiguration. Uh, Strand releasing, the production company gave that to us. Uh, that's on Netflix right now. So if you want to see The Transfiguration, um, it's on Netflix. Uh... Ryan, do you recommend this movie, or what, uh, what did you think of The Transfiguration? Well, I'm going to be really uh, ungracious about The Transfiguration. It made me... It, it made sex so boring and, <laughs> and dull, and it just keeps... At one point, I was literally at my desk, pounding my desk and whispering, would everybody please stop fucking so we can get on with the movie? Like, it's... Yeah, there now, and and here's the thing: I I am no prude. Sex is whatever in movies, but yeah, I don't know. It takes too long to build, and then never goes anywhere. It it never. You think it's building to something? It's. I'm I'm not even gonna use. I'm not even gonna use like a weird sex metaphor for what this movie does. It's just unsatisfying, you know. Yeah, like, it has no consequential. It, third act falls apart you think it's building to something and it never arrives anywhere it's, it's like the abe simpson thing about telling somebody a story that goes nowhere that it, it's that but with fucking yeah. and it now there are a couple of moments uh they're watching <clears throat> faces of death at one point yes yes that's a part where i was like oh shit that's faces of death <laughs> <laughs> which now because of your podcast scholarship you you've uh now you now you can at a glance go oh that's faces of death and the best part is she looks at him as like, I have to go. <laughs> Which is the appropriate response when your teenage crush invites you over to watch Faces of Death. You get the fuck out of there immediately. They, they bring you over to watch Faces of Death. Um, but so, do we spoil this one or not? I can't figure out if we should. Um, I say we go ahead and spoil it. Okay, skip ahead like a minute. If you if you want to watch this and not get spoiled, okay. So yep. the only part that really made me go, oh wow, that's so cool, is the kid is the kid thinks he's a vampire, and then there's the flashback where he's drinking his mother's blood after she slit her wrists, mm -hmm. and that part I was like, oh my god, that's genius. But that's it. Yeah. No. Yeah. That bit is really cool and like weird and Freudian. Um. And, and, like, if you're going to have, like, a psychosexual thriller, you got to have something interesting. That's, like, one bit that's, like, oh, this is something weird and cool. And the rest of it is just fucking. It is just wall-to-wall -wall fucking. Um, and also, like, I'm going to say something really thoughtful about race and poverty in America, but I am... 
I think there's part of me that has a problem with this movie being made by an old white dude. Yeah, huh? Because I felt like the only authentic character was that teenager who tries to buy weed in the projects, and everyone's like, you're a fucking racist, go away. (laughs) Jesus. Yeah, honestly, I think it was, yeah, for me also knowing that it was directed by an old white man made me sort of like, fuck out of here with this. Um, And then here's the other thing that drove me crazy, the soundtrack. There isn't one. Yeah, it's... Like yeah, it, there is, but it's just barely. It's like it's it's like a it's like a rumor of a of a soundtrack from some other movie, maybe. Like it. Like here's here's the thing. Also, even if he means to make sex look banal and uninteresting and dull, I fucking get it. Like if you've got no soundtrack to like two people sweatily slapping meat together for. 30 uncomfortable seconds on screen. Sure, I get what you're doing. I also do not care to watch this because it's not interesting. Yeah, uh, so... I thought it was going to make an interesting comment about vampires, and it really doesn't. Dude, Vampires vampires Kiss with Nicolas Cage makes a more poignant thing about vampires. (laughs) Like, that gave me more of a vampire thing. Where's a... Where's a the lowest vampire movie on the list. Oh, it's Dracula Untold. Is this movie <laughs> better than Dracula Untold? Um, I enjoyed Dracula Untold more because there was something there. Dang. But I... surely it's better than I Frankenstein, right? Yes. Even though um like I watched the Transfiguration the whole way through and was then disappointed. Yeah. I Frankenstein, I audibly said throughout the entire process, I hate this. <laughs> Why are we doing this? From Jump Street, I had a you fight or this. flight moment. <laughs> and also Dracula Untold, like I was like, okay, I'll give this a chance. And then when I got done, I was like, oh, that was really bad. Like, yeah. I can't have that time back anymore. Well, now, Dracula Dracula Untold had one thing that the Transfiguration doesn't have, and that's Charles Dance. Um, also actual vampirism. Also actual vampirism. Um, yeah, yeah. I it feels, it feels unkind to put it below Dracula Untold. Um, but just legitimately, I felt like I had wasted my time watching it i didn't feel like i'd wasted my time watching dracula Untold because at least i got to howl with like people in a room while watching it yeah and yelling about it it's it's fun just like the bye-bye man is fun yes and transfiguration is not fun and that's not to say that unfun movies aren't valuable but it's not saying anything for being as bleak as it is i yeah i would agree like I, not that, and this is also the thing is when we say like, does horror have to be fill in the blank anything? No, of course not. Horror can be everything. It can be many things. It can be contradictory things. Um, it shouldn't be boring. That's that's kind of my only hard and fast rule for horror is just don't don't bore me. And this movie does that. So fuck the Transfiguration. Okay, so the Transfiguration is splitting up Dracula Untold and I, Frankenstein, the universal (laughs) cinematic universe. Coming between those crazy kids. Right there in the middle, number 107. (laughs) Excellent. Um, So 
the next movie I want to talk about is one I found randomly on YouTube and was actually kind of a nice change of pace based on some of the other things we've watched for this week. Uh, that is Don't Go Near the Park. Yeah, it is. I Especially on YouTube, I like how the uh, the video quality is dog shit. Hey, Ryan. Hey. Don't go near the park. D- d- I don't go near the park. Just don't fucking do it. Just don't. Don't do it. Just if you're if you're thinking of maybe going near the don't don't go near the park. Um, we should. Wow. All right. What's the uh, what's the what's the log line for? Don't go near the park. Okay. The log line is insane. If you <laughs> have seen the movie, runaways are attacked by evil beings from the far past. Yep. That's. <laughs> What's also nuts is the original movie poster is the final scene. Yeah, on the is. poster, it's incredible, and it's like, what the fuck are you doing? Because that's like, supposed to be a surprise. Like this movie, I'll spoil. Uh, a girl rips a little boy apart with her hands, like rips his guts open and eats them. Yeah, and it's like, oh, surprise! She's a gut eater, like all these other people. Okay, so maybe we should talk about the plot of this one. I mean, um, yes, but first of all, I'd, li- I'd like to point out. Um, this movie was made by director Lawrence Defolds, who was, at the time of making this, the tender age of 19. So, And it's this... really good for a movie made by a 19-year-old. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, I think we've all had some dirtbag friend from back in the day who was like, I'm going to make a horror movie, and it was, like, complete garbage. Um, and for that, this is actually pretty good, and it's historically important because it was on the video nasty list. Yes, it actually, and like, when I watched it, I was like, how can this be on the video nasty list? And then I watched all of the disembowelings, and I'm like, yep, I get it. Yep. I don't agree with video na- the video nasty list, but I see why they decided to put it on there. Yeah, I and the video nasty thing, also, if you uh, if you go on Shudder, uh, if, if you don't know uh, what video nasties are... Let me tell you, Shudder has at least, I think, five different documentaries about video nasties. Yeah, they have so many video nasty documentaries. Man, it, it is just lousy with video nasty documentaries, and it's all, like, the same handful of, like, cockney dudes going you know, going on about the video. Well, and the video nasty list was, of course, uh, a list of, like, dozens of movies that um, sort of moral majority types in the UK in the 80s were convinced were, like, part of the uh, decaying moral fiber of England and society in general. And it was very, they all had very sensational titles like Don't Go Near the Park. And I, the funny thing about it is I started trying to make my way through every video nasty around this time last year. And y'all, a lot of them are very bad. Like not even scary or transgressive or gory, just what the fuck? Well, a lot of them are just direct to tape, like horror movies that you would just get at any video store Mm -hmm. so let's talk about the plot of this movie so (laughs) yeah in the ancient past there is a tribe of cannibalistic mystical people which are they from north america or is it just like mystic like land of the cave bear clan of the cave bear they're just from the past uh, I want to say from the past because there there was like a sort of really bad flashback moment of people in like Hallow like like Party City Flintstones costume <laughs> caveman wear. 
<laughs> but that like woman screaming, we are your children! <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. It, I, yeah, yeah. The, I, okay, so from the past, right. So, so the, the mother tribeswoman who is a 20-year-old woman with a Halloween mask on. <laughs> yep. Says, and children, you've been naughty, so I'm going to curse you to wait until the Zodiac goes through whatever, like, whatever 1979 was for this movie. Right. And then we skip forward a thousand years to 16 years before, and to, and I think the tagline is 16 years earlier, and these cannibals have to eat the guts of people to stay young. Otherwise they look like crones. Right. Uh, and also to break the curse, they've got to eat someone from the bloodline. So the way they're going to break the curse is impregnate a teen girl in the 1970s and then As wait till that girl turns 16 and then eat her. It's the long game for sure. <laughs> it's the long they, con. They, they are not, yeah. Oh my god. So and 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 it's, ha. Huh. You know the gore, shockingly for a horror film made by a nineteen-year-old in nineteen seventy-nine, not that good. Really, I thought the gore was the best part of this. Or is that saying how bad this movie? That's is? well, it was the best part of this. Absolutely, it, it is. I I don't know. It it reminded me of when we would like when we were making like fake gore in theater like class, and it's like sort of jello and and yeah. Well, I think noodles. what's really what's really clever is when they rip a stomach open, they made sure to just hire actors that were a little flabby. So like they right. just press the fingers into their gut and like put blood in the the um, recess, and it's like oh they're eating their guts, and like that's it. Um, yep. So it has Linnea Quigley in it. She is the teen mom that's been impregnated to get this girl. Sure. Uh, and let's just skip ahead to the end of the movie. The girl comes of age. It's ready for this uh, secret society. The cannibals lure her to a house in the park, I think. That, <clears throat> I want to say that's right. It doesn't matter. So anyway... <laughs> All of her Listen, they're not they're not wearing Flintstones costumes, so I don't give a fuck. Listen, uh before that I did forget she's in that van with the the she's in like the sex van. It's like a orange bus with red shag carpet interior. And oh, yeah. um this has a really gritty um sexual assault scene. But it's like it has this really gritty sexual assault scene, but then her father has, who's the cannibal, has given her a magical amulet to protect her to make sure that they'll get to, you know, this plan will pay off. And he magically makes the van explode and throw her from the explosion on her. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and that's like, what's also really great about that whole scene is you can see the line pull the van off the bridge and you can see them light the charge it's actually pretty fun yeah um, filming see here's the thing i've been shitting on it i will i would probably watch this again if somebody put it on if someone would put it on i'd like clown on it but it's not oh yeah i'm struggling to relate the plot because it's not (laughs) good because lol what plot 
But the end of this movie gets fucking buck wild because then the girl <laughs> turns into the ancient woman at the beginning who laid, laid the curse and like they reanimate all the corpses and they start shooting lasers at like the cannibals shoot lasers out of their eyes and then like everyone catches on fire and then it's it's one of those oh things are back to normal and then the girl becomes a cannibal herself and kills all of her friends right because they decide oh we've survived this let's go play on this swing set in the park and then she eats them Yep, and has this like cheesy grin. That's not doing it justice. It's on YouTube. Don't go. She's got Kool Aid mouth. Look it up, maybe. <laughs> Let's put this. So on where the do list. we? So where do we want to put this? Uh, so, I would say it is okay now. And now the screaming starts. I would probably put it below that. Really? Yeah. Okay, why is it worse than and now the screen <clears throat> starts? Uh, man bashing skeleton against headstone. That you that is an unassailable argument. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, don't get me wrong. There are some moments and uh, don't go near the park that are just uh, fucking cuckoo bananas. But uh, there aren't any moments that you can gif quite as easily as man bashing skeleton against headstone wildly. And yeah. I gotta give it the edge for that. So. Right below, and now the screaming starts, is Fear.com. Oh, Jesus. Um... Fear.com is so flabbergastingly weird. Uh And I think Fear.com is an example of a movie that was going to be good and the studio executives killed. Because I really think that that movie was like, oh, The Ring is popular, make this movie into The Ring. Oh, it's like one-third of a pretty good movie. Yeah, yeah. So, I kind of think Fear.com edges out uh, Don't Go Near the Park 2. <laughs> I would agree. And also, at least with Fear.com, it... Uh, I, I mean, it's... I think it's better than Don't Go Near the Park for the sole reason that it had anything that it was kind of trying to do. Where Don't yeah. Go Near the Park was basically like, again, take some rando lobotomized jarhead 19 year old tell him to make a horror movie that's basically what it is yeah uh and although it's technically well done uh it's just it ain't saying much so right under that is faces of death i think faces of death also wins out because it's oh, I faces think so. of fucking death it's a it's a cultural touchstone yo um I know I'm constantly begging for free stuff on this podcast but if <laughs> you uh, have a screen printer and make a Faces of Death t-shirt or um, hat, uh, hit me up on Twitter. Because <laughs> my birthday's coming up. I think I need that in my life. You do? Uh, a promotional Faces of Death hat? Yeah, yeah. Like, hey, Faces of Death on this hat. I mean, yeah. I don't want, like, a vintage hat. I want just, like, a hat that says Faces of Death with that whack-ass skull on it. Yeah. Oh, with that with that dumb dollars like like Dollar General Halloween skull. Yeah. Um, I would say also, uh, burned at the stake. I do think don't go near the park is better than burned at the stake. Yeah, because burned at the stake ain't doing anything. Speaking of random movies we found on YouTube. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, burned at the stake. No one so, gets burned at the stake. Don't go near the park. Fucking, they shouldn't have gone near the park. 
So, right, at right. the very least, <laughs> truth in advertising. Because the first minute of the movie where someone walks in the park, they're eaten. So. Well, fucking see what happens when you go near the park. <laughs> so, number 104 is don't go near the park. Yeah, buddy. Hey, Ryan. Yes, Quincy. How do you feel about pun-based fashion? Uh, it's the first and only kind of fashion. All other kinds of fashion are pretenders to the throne and should be cast aside. Well, you're in luck, because lapelyeah.com has a Danny Trejo pin that says Alkaline Trejo and is a mashup of the Alkaline Trio logo and Danny Trejo's face. This is very near and dear to our hearts because I think being into Alkaline Trio was like the first way that we connected as people back in college. Yes, fun story. I made friends with Ryan because he was wearing an Alkaline Trio sweatband and said, hey, that's really cool. Let's start being friends. <laughs> Documentary footage. That's how it happened. <laughs> and, and and also with Danny Trejo, like... Uh, here's the thing. Danny Trejo is, the, is an unproblematic fave. We all love Danny Trejo, and we love Alkaline Trio. You need an Alkaline Trejo pen. Also, Lapelia has a set of... Uh, a collaboration with the wrestling merch uh, superstar Cheat Pop, and they have a uh, hardcore wrestling set, which is a broken table, ladders, a folding chair, and a barbed wire bat. So, you need these pins. You will be the only one with a broken table, chair, and table uh, pin on your jacket at any wrestling show. Yeah, you can have them, and then you can have you know your TLC like in a row on your vest. And the folding chair is shiny uh, hard enamel, so it's like a reflective silver folding chair. Yeah, it's it's badass. I'm I'm going to put it like right on the front of my jacket. Yeah. They're, they're really great. So, hey, um, we're not all made of money. That's not the way the world works. So, uh, Lapelia is cool enough to give you 20% off of your order. Just use the code RANKANDVILE at checkout, and you get 20% off on these super cool pins. That's lapelia.com. Yeah, do it, fuckers. Brian, <laughs> um, let me tell you. Tell I me. watched a movie called Grimewave Cockface 3. I like so riddle riddle me this is there a grime wave cockface 2 and 1 there is a cockface killer 2 and 1 but okay the third one is there's a uh, cockface 2 is called oh. orgasm i think cockface 1 is called the cockface killer and grime wave is all that's on the the dvd but it is the third cockface movie so, Grime Wave Cockface 3 is the same naming convention as, like, Leatherface, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3. Yeah, yeah. So, this is a movie that was kindly provided to us by our friends at Wild Eye Releasing. It is basically... I'd say it's it's a micro-budget. It's a Z-budget Z movie. Um, it's shot on video, it looks like. Uh, I don't know for Bummer. sure, but it very much looks like tape. It's very much these Louisiana punk rockers uh, borrowed the venue that they all play at for a weekend to shoot a horror movie. And, like, it's... You know how um, it... I gotta say, God bless them, it looks like it was really fun to make. 
like they're all having a good time and that's right. infectious but as a commercial product it's not for me yeah i i think you described uh, you described it as like it's like a porn parody that porn producers wouldn't put out no so it's got as many sex scenes it it, it follows the structure of a porno Right. Um, this is so I watched this with a uh, friend of the show Kyle uh, we sat down together uh, we didn't intend to watch the entire thing and then we just kind of got sucked into it um, <laughs> couldn't, t- couldn't by the look plot. away but yeah like it would have the same kind of setups to sex scenes and then sex scenes there's even a gay sex scene which is very progressive it's too hey, hot damn. so it's like hey good, good on them but um all the penetration is blacked out like actual black sensor bars on them. So it's well, like they shot a cut of the movie to sell to Skinamax, and Skinamax said no thanks. So when they released it on DVD, they're like, well, we can't. Oh, also, a significant portion of the cast are cam girls um, whose screen names are what's in the credits. Very good. Oh, that's kind of great, actually. Yeah, it's it's also like because it's Louisiana redneck punks. Like, there's one scene where you can kind of, sort of tell that the flag in this guy's living room is a, um, a fascist flag. Like, it's probably a white supremacist flag. But oh, they Jesus. tacked a poster on top of it because, like. The guy said, "I'm not taking my flag down." And they're like, "We can't have that in the shot. We'll cover it up." And like, that's the last time we film at film at, at Phil Anselmo's house. <laughs> God damn it! Every time, there is so much nudity; it's almost like desensitizing. And also, the killer is called the Cockface Killer because sure. he has a chin strap on. On. That's what I was assuming. I'm so glad that's the case. Yeah, um, there's some really funny moments, but mostly it's kind of, like, really bad. This sounds like the kind of movie that, back in the day, I would make my buddy Marty watch trauma movies with me, and he would punch me. Oh, this it's, is one of those. It's, it's worse than Terror Firmer. That is incredible, because Terror Firmer is over two hours long. Good God, I didn't remember it being that long. Oof. It it's a it's a fucking slog. You think it's gonna be like oh it's gonna be like a it's gonna be like a, a an hour and a half of some fucking bullshit and then no this is this is Lloyd Kaufman's fucking magnum opus, his his <laughs> comment on filmmaking. So it's very similar to a lot of other micro budget films on the list, in its crassness and its the guys making this movie cracked this joke and thought it was really funny, but no one was on set to say, that's actually not a funny joke. It's just like the um, channel 69 news. Like, it's that kind of humor. And like the cell phone store that the Asian drug lord uses as a front uh, for his like sex ring is called Misophony. The, no nope also no. it's called misophony and they actually printed up a sticker to put on the door as like part of the set so it's like you're saying to me that a bunch of louisiana fucking redneck punk rockers made a gross horror porno yeah 
It's exactly like that. It's exactly, that's what it is. So I would say that it's probably, it's a lot like Night of Something Strange, but not as offensive. Mm. Because at least in this film, it's sort of consensual. Everyone, this is their trade. You know, there right. there is a sword fight with a dildo and a samurai sword that well, is yeah. made out of a dildo. Sure, I mean you've got to have that in your movie. But at least listen, two bears having sex much better than wall to wall nonstop rape scenes. Right, that's the thing. Is like it's actually kind of a sweet, cute sex scene too. <laughs> like it's romantic. <laughs> that actually learning uh, that made me want to watch this because I'm like, you know, if it's garbage and offensive and has that, I'm kind of like, you know, I could maybe give it a shot. Well, you're in luck because we still got the screener, so I'm yeah. sending it your way. <laughs> I see. Part of me was like, haha. I bet I, I should make Christina watch this with me, and then realized, no, no, I'm not going to make Christina watch this with me. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, I would say it goes beneath Faces of Death because I don't want to watch it again, and weirdly, I'd watch Faces of Death again. You know, there's something charming about it. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's just, it's an institution? Yeah, I think that's what it is. So, it's gotta go... Uh, I would say... It either goes right above or right below Hellraiser Revelations. <laughs> um, Hellraiser Revelations didn't have two bears fucking. I say it goes below that. <laughs> so you're saying it's better than Hellraiser yeah, Revelations? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm it saying it's two yeah. bears fucking. I, see, here's the thing. I would maybe be down to watch this if I were kind of drunk and was like, all right, let's watch fucking Grime Wave Cockface 3. Also because it's called Grime Wave, Cockface 3 which already is a point in its favor above Hellraiser Revelations. Yeah, yeah. So I'd say right below Sleepaway Camp and right above Hellraiser Revelations. Yeah, yeah, it sounds is good. Is Grime Wave a Cockface 3? <laughs> a, a, a Cockface 3. Man, we're really uh, grinding through all of these yeah. movies. This is probably the most movies we've ranked in quite a while. It's incredible. Like, this is this is us, you know, lean and mean, fucking ripping through movies. Um, okay. And the next one is Beyond the Gates. Featuring Barbara fucking Crampton. Barbara fucking Crampton. I love Barbara fucking Crampton. I... She's a, re she's a fucking revelation. Yeah, I... It's kind of to the point where, like, I, I hope I never meet Barbara Crampton because I will embarrass myself. Oh, oh, yeah. No, I no, we can never meet Barbara Crampton because we would just be like, I think you're really cool. And I, I liked it <laughs> reanimated when you were like, ah. And then security at, like, Full Moon Tattoo and Horror Convention would be called. Do you remember away. that time they stuck a needle between your boobs? <laughs> was, that, was that was that fucked up or what? Why is this guy grabbing me? And then we are not we are asked not to return to the horror convention. Um, yeah. Now now so here's the thing about Beyond the Gates. So the 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 okay, the plot of Beyond the Gates. There's a cursed board game, y'all. But it's not a regular board game. It ain't no Ouija board. Oh no! It's certainly a VHS not. board game. Remember yep. those? Remember Quick VHS question. board games? Did you ever play one of those? No, I don't remember VHS board games. 
games. There is a Nightmare on Elm Street VHS board game from back in the day that now I have, have my watched. Attention. That I have watched YouTube videos of. I think they've since taken it down, but I've, I can I can probably easily find it with a cursory googling. Um, the entire premise of it is like, all right, you're watching this video, and then oh no, this thing happens. Pause the thing now while you do your answers, and then you do it, and then it goes back, and it's like. It's like how back in the day you'd have like murder mystery things with like, do you know? Do you know who did it? And you'd have to figure it out in the minute it gives you. Um, and so Beyond the Gates is about a, a cursed um, VHS board game thing featuring a Barbara fucking Crampton. And she's the, she's the presence on screen that kind of is the through line for this. It's these um, two goofsters. Basically, it's like if you and I found one of these fucking board games. Basically, it's if you and I were brothers and our dad owned a video store and they deeply resented the fact that their dad was never <laughs> home because he was... He owned a VHS store. <laughs> right. He was always, you know, putting in hours over at the, over at the video shack. Um... Now, and, and here's, here's the... Jumanji, he sucked into this fucked up board game. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, I feel like you know from 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 Go that they're getting sucked into a fucking board game, and so stuff keeps happening that keeps happening in real life because it's happening in the board game. Um, yeah, and but they kind of just can't the... leave it alone. Do you think the head explosion is better than Scanners? That is one sweet fucking head explosion. I it is it's, it's it not is better than scanners, but no it's no really no I'm good. I'm I'm a scanners hater, but I can acknowledge that that head explosion is perfect. How do you hate scanners? We that doesn't make sense to me. Well, now here's the thing. I mean, yeah, I mean, even as a Cronenberg fanboy, I don't. And and here's why. Um, it's not so much things happening as old dudes standing around discussing the plot instead of the plot happening. But Ryan, the psychics. Mm-hmm have a gunfight in a warehouse filled with giant heads. That, all right, that's, you know, actually, here's the thing. I probably need to go back and rewatch Scanners because every time I yell, fuck Scanners, at least three people are like, fuck you talking about, it's Scanners. <laughs> Don't get, no, get up, get up off of Scanners, no. So I, I should, yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe it's that I got annoyed 20 minutes in because things weren't moving quickly enough, and then, you know that thing when you just decide while you're watching a movie that fuck this movie? And yeah. nothing the movie does after that can save it for you? It's that. So, back to Beyond the Gates. Is it yeah. too reliant on this very specific cultural <laughs> thing that most people don't remember? Uh, <clears throat> I'm going to say yes. Absolutely it is. Now, here's the thing. Um, I mean, because obviously there's a huge resurgence right now in 80s horror and retro, and um, I'm a hypocrite because I frequently make the complaint about movies that, like, ah, all these horror movies now are using retro synthwave. You know what kind of music I exclusively make? It's retro synthwave. You know what kind of music um, I exclusively listen to? It's retro synthwave. <laughs> <laughs> the perfect crime. Um, but beyond the gates, I think it is a little bit too reliant on retro nostalgia. And, I mean, the fact that they got Barbara fucking Crampton, which, by the way, hereafter we should only refer to her as Barbara fucking Crampton. Yeah, she's the um, best. She's so great. Uh, but I think it's, a, yeah, it leans a little too heavily on nostalgia. And I'll say, like, that beginning scene is great. Like, the, which is, it's just tapes. It's insides of VCRs working and it's very much a like 
it's a, hey, tape collecting is really cool. We're into tape collecting movie. Yeah. Yeah. I And so <clears throat> this is not, I think, a movie that would play in Peoria, basically. Like, I think this movie is enjoyable and good for a very small sliver of people. Two of which are us. Let's be yeah, honest. I enjoyed it. I don't know if I'd oh, watch yeah. it again. Uh, you know what? Oh, oh, I just figured it out. You know what this is? Uh, Beyond the Gates is like an adult episode. It's like a, a made-for-adults episode of Are You Afraid of the Dark? Yes, that's what it is. It's Which is, again, remember this show you like? Let's do that, but gory. Yeah, yeah. This is the, the VHS board game equivalent of that episode where the kid gets trapped in the pinball machine. Yeah. So our lowest-ranked... Barbara Crampton movie is Castle Freak. It's definitely um, better than Castle Freak. Oh yeah, it's it's better than Castle Freak. Um, and also we've got the uh, uh, the Stuart Gordon connection there, so that makes it a logical place to start, probably. Yes. Um, our next Barbara Crampton movie is um, Chopping Mall. Yeah. Uh, I think Chopping Mall is better than this. Yeah, definitely. So that's a pretty And don't get me wrong, I really, I, I, I really like Beyond the Gates. I just think Chopping Mall has a bit more to offer. Yeah. So that's between number 57 and number uh, 93. So another yeah. nostalgia movie on the list is number 83 the wnuf halloween special and he, uh, i think because they're both going for basically the same thing yeah it's that hey remember this thing remember how fun it is <laughs> to watch shitty tapes and watch commercials hey guys we hey guys we found your old garbage pail kids lunchbox that'll be ten dollars yeah yeah um yeah and don't get me wrong i really like wnuf uh, but, eh, honestly, now here's, here's what it is. I don't think Beyond the Gates is better than that. I do think it's better than Horror Express. Yeah, yeah. Now, right above is The Puppet Man, which is, again, retro-style horror. Featuring that, John Carpenter cameo. Yeah, and John Carpenter music. Mm. So I think it definitely didn't go above The Puppet Man. Because as much of an no. eye-rolling, okay, come on, as that is, it's very short. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. So, you'd say right below WNUF and right above Horror Express? Yeah, I would say that. And also, I, I dig how, uh, I like the fact that on the show, we judge shorts by the same uh, criteria as feature films. Yeah, I think that's like, it's worth it, too. Um, so, yeah. if we put this above Horror Express, we're saying Barbara Crampton is better than Peter Cushing, Christopher Lee, and Paul Nashi in the same movie. That is correct. And here's why. She's used better. Yeah. Definitely. Oh, this and movie Kelly knows Savalas. what side of the bread is on. And oh, Kelly Savalas. Savalas. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't know but if they, I feel comfortable doing that. Ah, that's a good point. It was okay until we added Telly Savalas to the mix. <laughs> as soon as you bring up Telly Savalas, it's like, I this is, oh, oh, we can't do that. So right under Horror Express is The Undertaker. 
<laughs> he buries them alive. Yeah, um, and then this under that is, is Crimson better. Peak. Yeah, this is better than the Undertaker DVD. Okay, so then I think because of Telly Savalas and Telly Savalas alone being an insane Cossack, Horror Express <laughs> just barely, barely edges out beyond the gates. I think that's fair. So number 85 is uh, Beyond the Gates. Yeah. Now, here's the thing. We need to talk about the goddamn incredible Melting Man. Yes, we do. Um, so I started watching this before realizing that MST3K had done the Incredible Melting Man. Yeah, and let's um, talk about that, because there's been a couple movies now where I've cheated and watched the MST3K version and not the original. <laughs> uh, can we get away with that, or is that just too uh, sketch? I feel like we can get away with that, depending on the movie. Yeah, I think if it's a movie that's like, well, not good, like this one... That's the only way to survive right. it. Because... Oof. Well, and... So, spoilers about the Incredible Melting Man. There's a man, and he's melting. It's incredible. And he runs around through most of the movie just sort of dripping on everything, which... Rick Baker, by the way. Yeah, it's Rick Baker, and it looks great. And I also like the moral ambiguity of just like, nope, it's fucked up, and it's gross. Yep. And there's no hero in this movie. Uh, science is evil. <laughs> but he has the same flashback th- flashback throughout the entire movie. <laughs> yeah, that he does. Countdown. We just keep getting it. Oh, uh, yeah. I, I, the, only, the only comparable movie I can think of for this would be like Darkman. Yeah, yeah. Darkman is definitely that kind of body horror, what have I done... Um, Area Man has a shitty day. Yeah, so it's a shit plot with good special effects. Yeah, this is basically Rick Baker's special effects demo reel, and that's great. Yeah. So, what on our list has Rick Baker-level badass special effects? Oh, all right, all right, all right. Let me start. I'm, 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 I'm gonna go ahead and start with uh, Two-Headed Shark Attack and scan up. Yeah, I'm. Um, I'm stopping. Oh, here we go. Okay. Um, Let's go with House of a Thousand Corpses. Oh, that's way far up. Um, Yeah, for great special effects, at least. uh, Better than Zygote? Uh, No. No. Yeah, character design in Zygote is so good that... Yeah. I'm sorry, the curse... I'd say somewhere around the Cursed Neon Maniacs area because Invaders and Night of the Slasher are too clever and that's better than the plot of this movie. I would agree. And also I think it's way above that Batman dead end short with Predator and Alien. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It it is better than that because Rick Baker. Um, Now, I don't... Well, now... So it's definitely not better than your date is here. Right. I think, honestly, you know where I would put it? Uh, gun to my head. I would put it above Murder Party, below Heavy Metal. Yeah, because it's Heavy Metal. and Yeah, it's it's Heavy Metal, and it's a part of my childhood. And, and, and more than being a part of my childhood, it's like a seminal part of, hey, it's cartoons, but with tits. <laughs> exactly, which is a very important <laughs> movement. And this is a goopy, <laughs> gross boy. So uh, that was yeah, a request he is a goopy, gross from boy. at I am Gore Blimey on Twitter. 
if you yeah. want to request a movie, uh, shoot us a tweet at RankinBallCast and use the hashtag RankRequest. And we will add and even yours more than that. to the list. And, and even aside from like picking a thing uh, that's kind of like maybe a little bit obscure or kind of out of the way or kind of a cult thing, even if you want to throw down and be like, rank Halloween, motherfuckers. Stop we will... dancing around yeah. and just do it. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's, let's skip the fucking foreplay. If you want us to do like Friday the 13th or one of the big heavy hitters, if you want us to sit down and talk about Halloween, absolutely. I would love to take a break. And, you know, sort of do maybe a full episode about sitting down and talking about Halloween. Yeah, yeah, that's that's definitely going to happen soon. Uh, maybe that's going to happen in October near... Yeah. I don't know. There's a certain date I have in mind, but we'll just see. Is it? Is it... Is it Halloween? Honestly, what we'll probably do is just watch, like, the Tiny Toons Adventures Halloween special and rank that. <laughs> if we had my druthers, we'd do that. Or, like, Curious George's very pumpkin uh, Halloween special. Like, <laughs> But we could also yes. talk about a, a seminal, you know, work. I mean, well. I guess we could maybe talk about, like, Psycho or something. I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. So, if you want to get in touch with us, uh, tweet us at Rankin Vilecast. Um, we're on Instagram, Rankin Vile. Uh, we're doing a giveaway right now where you can win some, uh, you can win a DVD and an enamel pin and a couple of random stickers and stuff that's sitting around my house that I'm trying to clear out the shelves with. Uh, so, as soon as we get 150 followers on Instagram, we are going to do a drawing. Uh, find the rules on our Instagram page. Um, we uh, have an email address, uh, rankinvilecast at gmail.com. If you are a filmmaker and you want us to rank your film like we've done on this show, hit us up. Uh, if you are a listener and you want us to rank Halloween for the love of God, send us a long email saying, please rank Halloween, or a short email. <laughs> We're Debate, Debase yourselves. Yeah. Um, if you want to advertise with us, that would be super cool. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, our listener, Dustin Kramer, has a letterboxed page where he has made a list of every movie we've ranked up to this episode. So if you want to see our list, uh, check out Dusty Cram Cram on Letterboxd. Uh, or if you go to our Tumblr, rankandvile.tumblr.com, um, amongst all the gifts from Vampire Hunter D, you can probably find a link to that there. Yep. Uh, and then also, uh, as a thing, uh, for uh, Beyond Fest uh, in LA, uh, which is on September 29th, uh, I might be there. So uh, if you see me, uh, if, if I do make it to that, I'm, I'm, I'm sort of just saying it now as a, a sort of... So when I listen back to this episode, I'll remember what date it's on, uh, because I'm terrible with dates. But um, I might be going to that. Uh, I will probably have a bag of horror merch that if you see me, I will give you a weird Tales from the Crypt trading card. Yes, yes. Uh, so we'll have more info on that. And uh, check our Twitter, because we'll be tweeting... Uh, and probably live tweeting and live Instagramming when we do some of that. Um, for Rank and Vile South, uh, there is a um, 
couple of Halloween attractions in the area that I'm going to try to go to with a couple of friends of the show. Uh, also, uh, we're going to Memphis Comic Con um, coming up in Memphis. So if you're in the West Tennessee area, um, hit me up. I am going to try to make it out to that convention. And I will also have um, a small amount of swag with me. So tell me that you listen to the show and find me and uh, I'll give you a thing if you want. Or not. I don't know. <laughs> or not. You'll walk up and be like, can I have a Dino Bravo trading card? You're like, no! And you just shove them by the You'll face. take the Southern Boys and you'll like it. <laughs> Oh, oh, I'm sorry, is the Red Rooster trading card just not fucking good enough? And then you just flip the table and walk away. <laughs> Fuck out of here. Anyway, all right, have a good week, y'all. Thanks. <laughs>